Welcome to The Nord Show, a podcast about all things movies and games, where we sit down with some creators to discuss and get their takes on some of their favorite movies and games. I am your host, Joe Aragon. You may know me from TikTok as Cinema Joe, and I'm joined today by Legend of Total War. We'll be chatting about their experience creating content, Total War, and answering some of the community questions at the end. Legend, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to have you. Uh, I have a lot of questions about, well, the, about Total War, but also you chose an MCU movie, a passion of mine, of many people's. Mm. There's going to be a lot of deep dives today into the, the movie section of this podcast, so I'm excited to get into that. Yeah, me too. Uh, but before we dive in, uh, make sure to follow us on Spotify, leave a five-star review on Apple, drop a review, and tell us what movie you guys want to cover in the future. And of course, subscribe to NordVPN YouTube channel. All right, let's get this started. Legend, you are a master at Total War, over 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. And from what I learned, a big MCU fan. Let's start simple first. Why did you start creating content? But specifically, why did you start creating content around Total War? I started in 2013, and it was really just for bragging rights. That was initially. I <laughs> uh, just wanted to show off. But then I just kept, just kept going, and eventually it sort of became profitable. And so mm. if you can turn a passion into a career, then that's really the, the dream. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do, you know, mix pleasure with business as much as possible. Yeah. And it's been really good so far. How would you explain Total War to somebody who is, I mean, I'm pretty, I say, efficient in my gaming. I play a lot of different games, but even Total War to me is a little foreign. Yeah. How would you explain to- Total War to somebody who's never heard of it? Yeah, it's very niche for people that are sort of outside the strategy gaming circles. But the simplest explanation to it is turn-based strategy, real-time battles. Oh, I didn't know it was turn-based. Okay, interesting, interesting. Now, is Total War... I've watched a few videos. Actually, I've watched a few of your videos. Now, there are specifically real-life empires, or can they be fictional empires as well? So there's loads of different Total War games. There are historical Total War games, and there's fantasy Total War games. The historical Total War games... Uh, basically take you to a historical setting and then just let you play around with it. So, for example, you might be interested in the Roman times. Set you in at 272 BC, play as any of the the uh, the countries in the Mediterranean, and then carve your own empire. Do things historically, do things ahistorically. It's entirely up to you. Um, but with the fantasy ones, it's sort of like you take the fantasy setting, same sort of thing. You take the fantasy characters and you carve out your empire. With them. Would you gravitate towards more of the history one or fantasy one? I don't actually mind whether it's history or fantasy. I just prefer that the game be good. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's very fair. It's the formula you... that I'm attracted to, not the setting. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. And did you start out immediately with Total War from creating content line? It was a different game it you was started out with? Total War was where it started. Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. And, and it's been like that since the beginning. Yeah. I've had a few diversions here and there, had to take a few breaks from Total War. Um, I was going to say, do you have anything you play outside of Total War that you also make content on? Or is there anything like... It's like 99% of what I make is Total War. But every now and again, I'll throw a Skyrim live stream in there. Oh, there we go. There yeah. we go. Okay. Okay. And yeah. anything else besides Total War that you play offline that people don't know about? Like you secretly play a lot of any shooters, anything like that? I actually don't play any first person shooters. They just don't do it for me. Um, That's very fair. Really like Anno 1800. I can get lost into a Factorio game for forever. Interesting. Um, okay. Basically, any kinds of logistics, strategy, any kind of management type games. I don't know. They just they just appeal to me. 
That's very fair. I know it's such a neat, like you said, a very niche side yeah. of the gaming community. But it was really eye-opening for me when I was watching your videos, just how many people there are in that community. Like it, it's a really, really packed community. People are super passionate about this type of game. Yeah, very passionate. Uh, yeah. Which leads me to my next question. You've done a really great job building this community oh, thanks. over Total War. What is the favorite thing you've built about the community? What's your favorite thing about the community that you really kind of fostered? I think I think you said it best that it's a very passionate community. They mm-hmm. are the kind of people that if the game is good, they are just super satisfied. They're very easy to please when everything is going smoothly. Um, but that also comes with a drawback when things aren't going smoothly. Um, very difficult to please. So it uh-huh. can be a bit of a roller coaster ride with them. Um, but every step of the way, it's nothing but passion. That's great. That's great. Kind of going back to Total War, and this is just my curiosity about the game, because it's one of those things where, kind of like fighting games for me as well, I'm terrible at them, terrible at strategy games, but I love to watch them or watch people play them because they're much better than me. Is Total War competitive against people? Like, is it PvP or is it more PvE style? It can be either. I think um, there are more people that play PvE you know, the single player experience than the multiplayer. Um, the multiplayer is definitely there, but I don't think they've uh, really invested a lot of resources into making a really competitive multiplayer experience just yet. Mm-hmm. They're starting to, and they've done certain things in the past that they've abandoned, but it, like comparing it to other strategy games or even other, other games, uh, the multiplayer experience in Total War is a little bit minimal. Got it. Okay. But it is there. As somebody, as somebody who's played Total War for almost a decade, do you f- ever find it too easy to play the AI at all? Is it always a challenge in some way? If, on the hardest difficulty, I do find the AI quite easy to deal with. So a lot of the times uh-huh. what I try to do is rather than break it down into whether or not we win or lose, try to do the most I can in the minimum amount of time. Um, uh-huh. You know, Try to try to, to beat what I have done before, try to embarrass the AI further than what I've ever done before, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So that's where the challenge comes in it for me. It's not about whether or not I'm going to win or lose a campaign, but it's about how well I can you know, destroy them beat sort them. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Any particular empire or faction that you always run or that you, your favorite faction or empire? Yeah, with, play uh, with Warhammer, I always play, I play Skaven a lot. So Skaven uh-huh. are the, the rat men, which uh-huh. I, I initially hated when I first played them. Favorite? I was like, oh, these guys are gross. But now I just I just love them. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's fair. How much does this game relate to something like Civil, uh, Sidmere Civilization or like Civ 6? Yeah. So Civilization is just a turn-based game, uh-huh. a strategy game. So you play this, uh, you got your cities, you found your cities, um, build your units over the course of various turns. Um, whereas in total war, you, you do all that kind of management side of things in the turn-based stuff, but then you build your armies. And if your army clashes with another army, you go into a real time battle and oh, the units that you have on the strat, uh, the strategic map will be reflected on the tactical map and the damage that you take and dish out on the tactical map will be exactly reflected, reflected back on the strategic map. Interesting, interesting. I didn't know that was an added layer to it. Do you yeah. dabble in Civ Six or in any of the Civ I do. Games I or? do really like Civilization. In fact, I was into Civilization before Total War, um, uh-huh. but ever since Total War, I don't play as much Civ anymore. 
Um, I think it really comes down to that extra layer of having the battles. Yeah. And uh, I think I just prefer like one particular setting as opposed to going throughout the various different ages. What's uh, what, what would advice would you give somebody like me? I downloaded Civ 6 because I wanted something to play on my Switch while I was like late at night at bed trying to learn something. And it's it's really complicated. Let's just be honest. It's, it's very, very complicated. A lot of layers to it. Same with Total War. What advice do you give to beginners who are like, I want to try this out? What would you say to them? Like, what's any warnings, anything like that? Yeah, no, no, I don't think it's any warnings. Play on easy difficulty. There's nothing, there's no embarrassment, I think, that anyone should uh-huh. have by playing on easy difficulty. It's there for people who don't know how to play the game because it's mm-hmm. very forgiving. And if you're looking for someone to watch um, for Civilization, check out Potato McWhiskey. Sorry, okay. Potato okay. McWhiskey. Check him out. So he's always streaming. He's got really good videos. Um, He's the go-to person for watching Civilization VI content. And the great thing about these kind of really in-depth strategy games is that not being great at them is sometimes the most fun part of the game, you know, Uh making mistakes and learning how to play them. So just play on easy difficulty. Just, you know, play around. Don't worry about mastering it because if you lose, don't worry about it. Just start another game. Uh, Because most people who get to sort of my point where you've already put in a thousand hours into it, We've already played these factions over and over and over again, but we do it again to uh-huh. keep challenging ourselves because every every campaign, I will make some mistakes. And I just try to learn from them. It's almost impossible to avoid them. Yeah. All right. Good advice from the Master of Total War. And of course, if you uh, want to get into Total War, check out Legend of Total War's videos, Yeah. Uh, which, like I said, it's such an interesting niche of gaming that I've been dying to get into because... Yeah, sometimes I don't want to rack my brain playing a battle royale and be super intense and sweaty trying to win. And I just want to sit at my computer and, and try to strategize, but I'm not the, I'm not the, the best. The thing is, Total War does actually very much cater to the casual player. If you play on easy difficulty, it's really mm. difficult to lose. Um, okay, that's good to know. You know, I play on the hardest difficulty you know, majority of the time, and that is where it's geared just against the player. Like, you have to be on edge all the time. <laughs> so if you watch me and think to yourself, wow, this game is too hard, just keep in mind that the difference between easy difficulty and legendary difficulty is enormous. Yeah. Okay, like, I really could do easy thing. difficulty blindfolded, basically. <laughs> that's really good to know. I think a lot of people might feel that way, intimidated when they see someone like you play on YouTube. It's like, wow, I don't know if I get into that because you're so good at it and it's so intense. But it is really good advice that uh, start on the easy difficulty. Start easy difficulty. You basically can't go wrong. And if you make a mistake, that's okay. You know, nobody's there to watch anyway. Not the end of the world, correct. Yeah, just, just start another game. You know, the game doesn't so really track it. <laughs> exactly. So if you're so into Total War, obviously it's, it has a lot to do with history. Does this translate to like your movie tastes as well? Are you a big like, history drama person? In many ways, they do sort of connect with each other because the game Total, uh, the Total War game I first got into was Rome Total War, where I fell in love with like the history of the Roman Empire, and then I became obsessed with watching like um, any movie to do with the Roman Empire. Like my favorite movie of all time is Gladiator, even though it's totally not historically accurate. Um, <laughs> is it not? No, no, not at all. Uh, do you know which parts? I'm curious. Uh, just I like the, the whole thing. Too. The whole thing. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I should have expected that, but I yeah. like to pretend like I it's know, like so. it's, okay. it's like there's elements of it. It's a historical yeah. starting, and then they just take it for, take it off the road <laughs> straight away. Um, that's okay, but that's okay because 
it's historically authentic. Like it could have happened yeah. that way, you know. Yeah. But okay, it's okay, really okay. just about what it was like being in that time, and like not, not that you would want to live there, but it's interesting to watch it, and it's an interesting. Yeah, of course. Interesting. Kind of being that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I sent you a list of movies, I, I half expected when I sent you the list of movies that you would pick something like Gladiator or something around you know more historical drama, and then you responded, "Hey, let's do an MCU movie," and I was like. Oh, hell yeah, I'll do an MCU movie. I haven't had a chance to talk about the MCU yet. Uh, I've seen everything. You mentioned you've seen everything. And we focused in and you eventually picked Spider-Man No Way Home as the movie to really discuss here. Why Spider-Man over maybe anything else? I think out of all the various like franchises within the MCU, I think that they did the best job with Spider-Man. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think some people would argue Captain America is that would have been my America. second best one. I would have said oh, that was like Captain America Civil War was so good. And I don't particularly like Captain America. Um, Interesting. But I still think that um, Spider-Man was just a bit above that. Okay. Very fair. So you pick No Way Home for, you know, I think an obvious reason it's the sixth highest grossing movie of all time made a ton of money. Tell me your experience watching No Way Home. Did you watch it in theaters or did you watch it I did it watch home? it in the theater. Um, it's How just that? fan service. That's what it was through and through. And that's yeah. for somebody that's watched so much of the MCU. When you're watching your, I don't know, what is it like the 15th movie? Um, to just have a movie that's just like pays off all of the other times that you've watched a Spider-Man movie and Doctor Strange movies and all these other kind of movies. And it's just like, here you go. Here's, here's a reward for you having watched those previous movies. And that's what I feel like they did so well with um, uh, No Way Home. They just, it was just a reward for the fans. Okay. You know? Favorite Spider-Man? I mean, isn't the natural next question. Toby, I think Tom Andrew, Holland has Tom? done the best job as Spider-Man. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's maybe the best job. Is that your favorite as well? Yes. Yeah. That's my favorite. Are you yeah. a fan of the Tobey Maguire ones at all? I am the a fan Sam of Rimmons? the Tobey Maguire ones. I think he did a good job. Just because Tom Holland's my favorite doesn't mean that um, Tobey Maguire one isn't also really good. I did watch the first okay. three Spider-Man movies. I can't remember if I watched them in the cinemas, but I have watched them multiple times. In fact, Fair. the Andrew Garfield ones, I only recently watched the first Amazing Spider-Man, but I haven't, yeah. I even now haven't watched the second one. Oh, interesting. The second one is... It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I mean, it's the I one that just, just wasn't really into the it. most. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd say check it out maybe one day if it's on yeah. TV, throw it on. Just it's waiting really for it to long. show up on Netflix. There you go. Yeah, eventually it'll hopefully be there. Uh, how was the theater when you saw No Way Home? I mean, 1 to 10, 10 being the most craziest experience you ever had, people going crazy. Was it at level 10 there? Oh, it was like a nine. I, I think the craziest thing was when I saw the dark Knight in cinema. That was, that was definitely a 10. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, okay. I saw the, I saw dark Knight in cinemas as well, but I yeah. saw it a little bit late, like two or three weeks after it came out. Yeah, That, that had to be but, a 10. Interesting. Okay. Where like people uh, were just was, like gasping because the plot oh, was wow. twisting and turning. And even I was like at the edge of my seat. So like, I was like, wow, this is actually a really <laughs> good movie. Like okay, Spider-Man okay. was, which is like almost there, almost there. But did it had more fan the theater, service. Sorry, go on. It had a lot more. No, no, you're good. It did have a more fan service. Did people in your theater react to the reveal of Daredevil in, in your theater? Not so much because like I was there with my wife and she had no idea. She hasn't seen Daredevil. But I was like, oh, look, it's Daredevil. And, you know, some people be like, that's Daredevil, but not everyone. 
I thought that's that's what I'm talking about with like uh, fan service, that stuff like that. Like you had to watch the the Daredevil show from Netflix to even know who that character was. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I think in my theater, I and maybe five or six other people reacted to it, but most people, including my wife, were like, "Is that?" Somebody I'm supposed to know. I'm like, well, yeah, it's Daredevil. Which, but I get it. Like you said, you had to watch the Netflix series to really know. Uh, have you seen Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness yet? I haven't seen it yet. No. Okay. Okay. I will definitely I watch it, but I haven't seen it. You've seen it. Okay. I've seen it. I won't say anything. Promise. I will yeah. keep your expectations completely uh, unbothered. Yeah. I've heard it's bonkers. I've heard it's bonkers. Mad. It's stuff. I'm I, again. I'm gonna keep it as as neutral as possible. But as someone who hasn't seen it yet, what do you want to see? What is like the your dream thing to happen in Multiverse of Madness? Oh, just make it nuts. Just just blow my mind. Make it crazy. Bring back characters we haven't seen for a while. You know, bring back a Dormammu reference. Okay. You know, just okay. just. More fan service. That's what I really want from MCU. Just more fan service. Bring back characters that we've already had before. Um, okay. And is just there anybody specific that you're like dying to see? You want to see like a Wolverine or yeah, I would. I would love to see Fantastic Four characters or? from the Sony Marvel movies slowly make their way into the MCU. Oh, specifically, okay. Deadpool. I really want to see Deadpool. Oh in there. yeah, that'd be, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we shall see, or you'll see very, very soon. By the time this episode comes out, it's going to be probably at least a month from now. So people had already seen it. So they're probably laughing at us while we're while we're talking because they'll know what happened. Um, did I? Did all I? All right. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm keeping it. I as, won't, yeah. Uh, okay, that's fine. I won't say anything. And then once you see it, you can message me and say. Oh, all right, I will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Because yeah, uh, with the with Wolverine, I thought that. Um, Hugh Jackman wasn't going to reprise the character again. I'd love him to, to enter the MCU. Um, but I thought that, uh, that he had been finished. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation on whether or not he'll come back. And then a lot of people already fan casting who they want to play Wolverine. There's a, uh, a lot of people on the Daniel Radcliffe train for him to play Wolverine. They, they want, I guess, Harry Potter to play Wolverine, which I've seen some like fan edits of him looking like him. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll see what they end up doing with all of that. If you didn't pick Spider-Man, you said you'd pick Captain America Civil War. How did you feel about the conclusion to the entire saga of Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet? Did you think Endgame was a satisfying conclusion at all? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a satisfying conclusion. They, I think they kind of wrapped it up really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I think they could have spent a little bit more time wrapping things up a bit. Um, I was pretty satisfied with with the ending for Captain America. I think he got what he finally deserved in the end. Okay, very fair, very fair. I know I had some, I talked to some people who say they love the ending, and some people are saying they're kind of iffy on the ending. Some people like that Tony Stark, you know, perish. Some people don't like it. And I'm kind of sitting in the middle, like I, kind of where you're at. I like Steve's ending. Not sure how I feel about Iron Man exiting, but it's not, not the worst thing in the world either. Yeah. Well, you got to have some characters die, uh, I think, and these sort of things. I mean, I think if if a character dies and you miss them, it just means that they did a good job building that character up. And good point. Um, Robert Downey Jr. had been part of the MCU and so many movies for such a long time. I think he deserved a bit of a break. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it was a long time since two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah. So it was a very very long time. Did you see Endgame in theaters as well? I did. Yeah. And how was that? That was that was also really good. Yeah, yeah, another like, so like that, eight or nine out of ten cinema experience. 
Yeah, I, that was the moment in movies that I remember the most out of any Marvel movie, out of any, maybe any theater experience. I've never been in a crowd where everybody collectively gasped when Cap picked up the hammer or uh, when he fought Thanos or when they all came out of the portal. Personally, I felt that Infinity War was actually better than Endgame. Interesting. Now, that's I've seen that opinion online a lot, and it's a very popular one. Like, you wouldn't be alone in that. There's a lot of people yeah. who say Infinity War is the better of the two. Yeah. Why Infinity over Endgame? I think they did a better job setting it up, and mm-hmm. it was really one of the only Marvel movies where it had such a, like, traumatic ending, but mm-hmm. it was satisfying. Like, you knew it wasn't over. They weren't done. But yeah. it was... It wasn't over. And it's good to see the good guys not win all the time. Yes, good point. They they have a real challenge on their hands there. And which, of course, was paid off all throughout Endgame. And I think that that's the one issue a lot of people have with MCU is that there's really no sense of consequence sometimes. You know, every movie has a, a pretty little bow that ends the movie. They beat the bad guy. Everybody kind of goes home. And that's the home. thing. The movies that have consequences are the best ones, like Captain America, exactly. Civil War, loads of consequences, yeah. Infinity War, and even No Way Home, loads of consequences. Mm-hmm. He does, he, nobody even knows who he is now. Well, spoiler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, No Way Home has been out long yeah. enough, and there's, at this People point, People will still on TV. be like, oh, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, by the time this comes yeah. out, if it's two months from now, a month from now, yeah. and they haven't seen it or don't know, it's I, I don't feel as bad anymore. Yeah, my, if, my if thoughts are, if it's if it's out of cinema and you haven't watched uh-huh. it, then that's your fault if you hear it's spoilers. Free game it's your fault. Point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, it, at this point, on TV now, I saw a commercial for the movie and they showed all three Spider-Man in it. So I was yeah. like, if the TV is showing a commercial with it, yeah. I am free to talk about it at this yeah. point. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, But you're right. You're I 100% right about the consequences. My favorite MCU movies are all ones with a lot of consequence. Yeah, same. I think the only one that I love that maybe doesn't have a lot of consequence at the end is Ragnarok. I was just thinking Ragnarok. Ragnarok. That was such yeah. a... That was just... Because that one was just fun. That was just a fun yes. movie. They just yeah. took the characters... And they took him for a ride. Yeah. And we got to go with yeah, him. Ragnarok. It was just fun. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fun. It's maybe one of the funniest ones yeah. out of all of them as well. That's the thing. Because um, the previous two Thor movies were all serious. And I've got yeah, to yeah. get the, the uh, what was it called? The ether. And, th- and yeah, Ragnarok yeah, yeah. just took it on a turn and just made it all fun. Just yeah. took all the seriousness out. Well, not all the seriousness, but a lot of the seriousness out of it. Yeah, they did. They definitely did a, a better job with Thor's character. I think if you talk to a lot of people, they'll say, if you ask them, what's the worst MCU movies? They'll tend to say Thor 2, yeah, Thor, two. Thor 1, um, Iron Man 2, or Incredible Hulk, or usually always on people's bottoms. And uh, But Ragnarok is, like you said, completely flips it upside down, and people love Ragnarok, including myself. Yeah. Natural next question. Are you excited for Thor Love and Thunder? Are you- I am, yeah. Well, as long as they they keep along those lines and just make it fun, I think that's where Thor is going now. The like the seriousness of it is over, um, unless they start something else new. But yeah, just um, I, I like what I'm hearing about it, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know much. I try to stay out of MCU news because I like going in blind as possible, and I'll usually see it about a week before most people. And um, I'm always really excited, but sometimes that's not as fun going to see it at like a press screening because I'm not surrounded by 
really big fans. And so I'm surrounded by other people who, who are just writing it to review it. So I'm excited for Thor Love and Thunder, though. I'm excited for Natalie Portman to show up as, uh, as Thor as well. There's a lot to be excited about for that movie. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll jump into some top three segments. Because if we don't, we'll end up talking about every single movie in the MCU. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of US Netflix, why not take a spin on the UK? Using NordVPN and at a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Make sure to use Legend of Total Wars link in the description of the episode to get a great deal on NordVPN and support Legend's channel. All right, top three segments. We kind of talked about a little bit. If you could definitively pick your three favorite MCU movies, could you? I always have trouble with this stuff, but I think I could, yeah. I'd have to say, um, ones we've already talked about, um, No Way Home. Uh, Civil War and Ragnarok. Civil War. So a lot of people would choose Winter Soldier over Civil War. Is there any reason you like Civil War more than Winter Soldier? I think the stakes were just way higher in Civil War. Um, It's the movie that introduced Spider-Man. It had more fan service, but also way more consequences. And in many ways, um, Civil War concluded the the plots that were began with um, Winter Soldier. Got it. Okay. That's a great answer. I forgot how much I liked Civil War until I watched it maybe two weeks ago on TV and I forgot how good it was. The whole airport scene is great. Um, and then the final fight scene with Cap and Iron Man and the Winter Soldier is one of my favorite moments in the MCU. So it's a good choice over Winter Soldier. I get it. Yeah. Winter Soldier is good as well. But, you know, my favorite of the three uh, Captain America movies is definitely Civil War. I think if I were to narrow mine down to three, I think I ultimately would choose Winter Soldier only because I like a few of the fight scenes more in Winter Soldier. Big Ragnarok fan like you. And I think I'm a really big fan of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I think oh, that yeah. one was... They're awesome as like, well. They yeah, would have been in like my top when, five. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> fair. I feel like that's where things really got fun with MCU. You know, all these new characters and that team, the chemistry between everybody's great. Uh, yeah, I ended up really liking the Guardians of the Galaxy way more than I thought. Um, Glad that you like them as well. Do you have a favorite Guardian? Um, I've already heard his name. The one that doesn't like metaphors. Drax. Is, Drax, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Drax I like is, how you remembered him as the guy who doesn't like metaphors. Yeah. I, his name just escaped me there. Unlike no, metaphors, no, which you'll catch. You're right. <laughs> this is true. He doesn't like metaphors. I was uh, Drax is probably my favorite as well. I like Drax and Rocket a lot. Um, but Drax is a good answer. Okay. We've talked a lot about MCU. You kind of hinted towards other movies. What are some of your favorite movies outside MCU? Do you have three favorite ones? Do you gravitate towards any type of genre? Yeah, I, I like the... Um, I like movies where the world gets expanded upon more and more over time. So I, I tend to gravitate towards movies like Gladiator or Kingdom of Heaven, those kind of ones, because oh, these Heaven. are settings wow. that... I'm at least familiar with where there's a lot of references that I will get that a lot of other people probably won't get. Um, Mm. And the more that I watch them, the more I can 
keep picking up more things from it. Whereas opposed like a comedy, I like comedies, but like yeah. I watch it once, it was funny. Then I watch it the second time and it's not quite as funny. Um, yeah. But with fair, these, fair, these fair. historical sort of epic sort of movies, the more times I watch them, I, I get something new out of it every single time. Like I've watched okay. Kingdom of Heavens probably like 10 times now. Interesting. I am really curious now to pick your brain on a movie like 300, where I guess rooted in history, but would you say is like Gladiator not accurate at all? Or I mean, I don't know much about the history of any of it. Yeah, I, I think with 300, that's actually an interesting one because you could argue that that is kind of historically accurate because mm. the the story, it's all just about that one battle and it it did kind of happen that way with a few deviations. Yeah, um, of, course, of course. Obviously, you know, there were no... Was it, it didn't have like rhinoceroses or something or huge monsters coming at you. They took some liberties in that regard. Um, this is true. It's true. Yeah. I don't think that happened in history. But you know, they stood and fought to the death at that battle there, uh, which you know is essentially ignited all of Greece to to fight up against uh, the Persians, which was kind of reflected in the sequel. Wait, no, that was a prequel. <laughs> uh yeah 300 yeah. i actually never saw the the second movie it was yeah. a, it was a prequel i guess but i never saw it yeah yeah i only saw that fairly recently interesting okay uh, how do you feel about a movie like have you seen troy i have seen troy yeah troy's good and how do you feel about troy yeah uh i enjoy it that's okay. it's it's fun um i've watched it i've watched it a few times it's a good movie yeah i like it okay i feel like when it comes to historical dramas i tend to really lean towards the more fantastical ones, I guess, like based off some type of mythology, which Troy kind of is dipped in, right? The, the legend of Achilles and things like that. Uh, I don't know how you feel about movies with a lot of mythology in it. Uh, I'm fine with it as long as they do it sort of respectfully, I suppose. And don't try to make it, don't try to force feed you like, oh, this is what really happened sort of thing. You know, if they, if, they, if you're going to put some mythology in there, just, Basically, make it seem like this isn't really part of our world anyway, and just make it make a full mythos sort of thing. Perfect, that makes sense. All right, any movies outside of historical dramas, fantasies, anything like? If someone said, if you said it out loud right now on the podcast, someone like, "Whoa, Legend likes that movie." Is there like a like a drama or a horror or an action movie that's not fantasy based that you would people would be surprised you really like? Mm, It's hard to say because like I'll give anything a go. Um, I suppose some of the movies that I might watch with my wife, like, um, <laughs> I'm not going to name specific ones, but you know, I'll enjoy Why them because <laughs> I can't I, remember I, them. <laughs> okay. There we go. That, but I enjoy them answer. at the time. Yeah. I can't name them just because I can't remember them anymore. <laughs> that's very, okay. That's a, a yeah. really good answer. I, I'm a big fan of, of romance comedies too. I'm not afraid yeah. to. Yeah. I don't mind the old romance comedy, but at the same time, I will forget about them. You know, a okay. short time after I watch them. How do you feel about sci-fi? Like, oh, I love sci-fi. Science fiction yeah. Epic. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, did you check Trek's out Dune great. last year? I did watch Dune. I thought it was way too slow. Oh, interesting. I thought maybe you would like it because it was really heavily. I feel like there's a, like a lot of just. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot of world about. building, and it's still it's exactly. still there in my mind a little bit. But I feel like that's the kind of movie where I'm going to need to wait to the second and third one before I really get invested in it because okay. they've set things up, and I'm just not quite invested yet. But I'm willing to give it a chance. Okay. All right. All right. And I I feel like 
past six guests of mine have all said they're big Lord of the Rings fans. Are you also a big Lord of the Rings I fan? I was a big Lord of the Rings fan. So I got a very weird history with Lord of the Rings. When the movies first came out, I was obsessed with them. Just watched them over and over and over again, played every single Lord of the Rings movie. And then I read the book. And after that, I put the book down and I said, I'm done. And that's Why? it. That was just the end of Lord of the Rings for me. Are the books that much better in your, is that why no i hated the book oh <laughs> yeah. interesting you didn't like the books at all yeah i really okay. really didn't like the. i had to force myself to read them after reading the book i just couldn't absorb any more lord of the rings i, I was just I've like heard that before i'm just done and now whenever i watch lord of the rings i just could i like pure apathy oh wow okay okay i well, think i fine. think lord of the rings is just one of those things where it actually i consumed so much of it that mm-hmm. I actually built up such a huge tolerance that now I just can't be affected by it anymore. That's fair. I, I definitely have that with some franchises where I consumed so much of it when I was younger, and now I'm just like, I don't need to watch it anymore type deal. So I, I get that feeling. I get that feeling. Okay. So right. I, 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 to say that I dislike Lord of the Rings would be disingenuous. I do love Lord of the Rings. I have just, yeah. I've consumed as bad as much consumed as I can. So of much. It. Yeah, that's all I can Got say. It. Okay. Yeah. Perfectly said. I don't think anybody will be angry at you. Don't worry. Oh, I don't think surprised. we'll get any hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Fandoms of any type of franchise, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, anything, we'll, we'll get uh, up in arms about, I guess, li- the littlest comments. But don't worry. I'll accept all the mail and on your behalf. <laughs> oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move to some final questions on Twitter because it kind of relates to what we've been talking about this entire time. We got some really great questions. You got a lot of good ones, actually. A lot that I was really interested in. One that you got was, how do you think the X-Men will be introduced into the MCU? And if there is, I'm curious to know, is there a specific X-Men you want to see? In the I would MCU? love to see that. Um, if they're going to do that, um, they need to pick a character that's going to have an actor that's going to stick with it. They can't just keep shifting the actor. I really don't like it when they do that. Um, and I think they need to start small and just, Bring them in a little bit at a time. Um, don't just make an MCU um, X-Men with all new cast. I think they've still got really good cast that was in this sort of the second phase X-Men. And they've still got really good cast from the first phase X-Men. So, you know, I think if they were going to bring Magneto, I think it makes more sense to bring Michael Fassbender in. Even though I love Ian McKellen, it's a better investment i think this is going to sound really cruel because ian mckellen no. is just he's just really old now i yes, think yeah you're right i mean you know, i think we both respect him greatly but you're right i mean you know this is just the natural order of things um michael fassbender will probably be around a lot longer uh and he's a great magneto as well so yes, you know I agree. because the character of magneto is really good um but one of my favorite x-men well he's not specifically an x-men but he's an x-men character um yeah yeah I would want to see him have uh, like another 10-year life cycle within the MCU. That would be great. Wolverine is another great one. Um, and of course, uh, Dr. X and Quicksilver. Quicksilver is Quicksilver was killed off in the MCU. Yeah. And then did you end up watching WandaVision? I did, yeah. Yeah. So they, I, you know, yeah, I thought they, they brought, brought him back for a second. That was so <laughs> weird that they brought the actor from Quicksilver from um, the newer, from the newer movies. Yeah. From the X-Men movies into into that that was that was really weird but i liked what yeah. they did with it yeah 
I did too. I, I liked WandaVision a lot, actually. And mm. I was hoping that they would have done more with the Quicksilver. Maybe they will still, and who knows? We'll see. Maybe they were just testing the waters. They are just going to see what people thought of it. Yeah, it's possible they are. And just, like I said, it's possible they do do something with him. Yeah. Uh, Quicksilver's choices, moments in the newer, like the second wave X-Men movies are some of the best in oh, those movies. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. bringing him into, into the MCU, I think, would be a really good idea. Yeah, a really smart idea, especially after you know, killing off uh, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. It was such a weird decision. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, good choices on the X-Men. I'm a big fan of Nightcrawler. I want to see a really cool MCU Nightcrawler. I feel like that would have that could be done really well if they make the right decisions, like you said, with character and cast choices. Yeah, you've got to find an actor that can really commit to the role and that loves the role. Um, I think that's really important. You don't want to be recasting them halfway down the track. I agree. I agree. Another question we got was from a username Leonidas, which ironically we talked about 300. Uh, They asked, which has a brighter future, the MCU or the DCEU? We haven't even talked about the DCEU. I feel like the DCEU is a train wreck. It is a train wreck. It is an absolute train wreck. <laughs> um, there are some movies I don't mind. Like yeah. I like the new Suicide Squad. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Uh, I've watched. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm willing to invest a little bit into the DCEU, but I feel like they just don't have their story straight. They're trying too hard to play catch up. What they really need oh, to do yeah. is just like get the beginnings um, correct. They tr- they they basically did their Avengers movie way too early, and it was awful. Mm. Um, I think when I went and saw um, Justice League, that was one of the worst cinema experiences I've ever had because I fell asleep in the cinema. (laughs) We have your best cinema experiences in this episode and your worst one in the same episode. It was just like, if you could just make the most generic superhero movie of all time, that's it. It was just bad. Yeah. 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 You're completely right. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the DCEU myself. Uh, I like, like I said, I like the Suicide Squad. I do think that's worth checking out because it was from James Gunn who did Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So if you liked Guardians of the Galaxy, I think you'll like Suicide Squad. It has that same vibe to it, but it's rated R and it's yeah. uh, much more brutal. Yeah. Uh, I think what they need to do with the DCEU is invest in their characters. I really don't understand why they fired or changed Superman. I think that Henry Cavill yeah. was doing just fine. The problem yep. with Superman wasn't Superman, it was the writing. You know, mm-hmm. the, the plot was terrible. Um, he's a great Superman, but, you know, give him some good movies to to actually do do what he needs to do in them. Um, and yeah. I actually thought that... Um, I've already forgotten ben his Affleck? name. Ben Affleck, that's it. Uh, he was gotcha. a pretty good um, Batman, but I hear that uh, Robert Pattinson is also a good Batman. So he is, he is. Uh, you haven't seen that either. Huh? I haven't seen that yet either. Ooh. I'm just not that invested in the DCEU. And I, I hear I'm it's slow paced, it. and you know, if it was ten years ago, it'd be fine. I don't mind watching a really slow movie, but right now, I need it. I got to move. I got stuff to do. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is a little slower, it, but more importantly, the Batman is three hours long. Yeah, so. that's the problem. It's a it's a commitment if you're gonna sit down and watch it. You could break up in parts, but yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a time commitment for sure. Yeah, I'll just, again, I'll just wait for it to show up on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, and eventually Disney will buy the DC. Yeah. Buy, they'll buy Warner Brothers, and now I can see it on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Do you guys you have to have HBO Max in, in Australia? I don't. Well, I don't know if we have got HBO Max, but I don't have it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we try to keep I've, the number of subscription services that we have to a relative minimum. 
Fair, fair. Yeah, it can get out of hand too. I mean, especially because I'm barely learning that there that there are a lot of streaming services we have in the states that it's not everywhere else, and like Canada doesn't have HBO Max and things like that. But in the states, I think I have seven or six subscriptions to six or seven different streaming providers and it's a lot it's a little yeah. overwhelming we, we have kind of, kind of like a, a two work. streaming service maximum policy in our household because we know that if we get more than that we won't get work done you know we got netflix we got disney plus heaps of stuff on that we're, we're satisfied with that for them. we used to have uh foxtel uh, when Game of Thrones was there, and then Game of Thrones ended, and then we were done with Foxtel. They moved on to Disney Plus. Yeah, God, I know your Game of Thrones thoughts. Uh, uh, my Game of Thrones source is the same as everyone else. Love Game of Thrones, hate season eight. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. it is. The same, it is the same as everyone else. Everybody has the That's, same opinion because it's the correct opinion. <laughs> it is the correct opinion. It was. I remember watching that finale. I was actually on vacation when I watched that finale. Was not to be, I was not very happy. Yeah. Oh well. Are you excited for the prequel series coming out? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. We were watching a trailer uh, of it before, and I just feel like, ah, season eight. I, really, I the they're gonna way. have to start again. Bringing my interest from they have to rebuild trust from scratch. Because like, <laughs> don't break my heart with that season eight, you know, stuff. You know, you build me That's up for funny. seven years, eight years, yeah. nine years, even. And then you just yeah. bring it crashing down. How dare you sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. You said exactly how I feel. My wife showed me the trailer this morning. I was like, I just, I don't think I care right now. Yeah. And you're, you're going to have to really draw me back in because yeah. I do feel a little hesitant. <laughs> yeah, it was it was heartbreaking, the season eight finale. Really I, I kind of liked the moment with Arya and the Night King. That was a decent moment. Yeah, I, I liked the fact that she was the one that finished him off. Um, I yeah, think that yeah. that entire episode could have been better. Um, yeah, maybe really not one dark. episode. Um, it was yeah. way too dark. Yeah, there were some good moments yeah. in it. Um, but the fact that that episode came out and then two episodes later was like the final episode. Um, <sighs> they just rushed it way too much. I think they, they they really could have drawn out a few more episodes or even a, another season. Another season, like, it would have yeah. been fine. People would have watched it. I agree with that. You know, I, I totally agree. And obviously, they were in kind of hot water because. The final book is even out yet, and yeah. so they had to kind of do their own thing. And clearly, they lost sight of what they were doing. Yeah. So you're right; it's a heartbreaking moment. Every time I think about it, I get a little sad. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the last question of the episode, coming from username Kyle. They asked, "Would you like to see Warhammer Universe get its own movie?" Which is a perfect end question. Yes and no. Oh. I would love to see like a Game of Thrones style Warhammer movie for Warhammer Fantasy where, you know, uh-huh. all the different characters in different parts of the world slowly coming together over the course of eight seasons. However, I don't think anyone will succeed in doing it justice. I think it'll be a low budget. It'll be done by people who don't care. It'll just be done for money. Um, there'll be It'll be a ba- basically a passionless project. Um, I just it. don't think it. that it's feasible to for something like that to happen, but I would love it if it could. So basically... Okay. I'd love it. I just don't have confidence that it would be good. That's a really good answer. How how deep is the lore in Warhammer? Is there enough to make something like a solid? There's series too much. Of That's shows? the problem. Too there much. is too much. You know? Oh wow! Um, they tried to wrap it up mm-hmm. in this uh, five book series called the End Times, and they forgot various plot lines. Oh wow! Okay. 
that that makes sense then. Yeah, I didn't realize how deep the lore was, but you're a thousand percent right. If you don't, because a lot of these writers, especially writers for video games, which video game movies are notoriously really bad. Yeah. uh, They tend to get writers who never even played the games. Yeah. If you want to do something like, like a Game of Thrones style movie or series for, for, um, Warhammer, it can't just be like a standalone movie. It just, it just won't work because Warhammer is, is so interconnected in this gigantic world and all these characters that have some way connections with each other. A standalone movie would just fall flat. Um, the, it has to, you've got to either go hard and do the whole thing or just don't do it at all. Yeah, and it sounds like, I mean, if they can't even do it for Game of Thrones, who knows yeah. if anybody would really be on Yeah, it's, it's got to have a lot of passion. Like, I think it could be financially viable, but you've got to have people working on it, like a lot of people working on it that are incredibly passionate. Uh, without that passion, I just think it's doomed. Well, make sure movie studios uh, contact, email you to get on board with the writing. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Right. There's way better people with, than <laughs> me to do that. I'd just be like, I can tell them what they shouldn't do. Don't half-ass it. Basically, that's the <laughs> well, o- sometimes. That's a, yeah, sometimes that's what they need. They need somebody to tell them, "Don't do that." Because, yeah. uh, I mean, we've seen it from history. They're, yeah. they're, movie studios make some bad decisions sometimes. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, legend. We could keep talking forever. Yeah, we could. We yeah. have to wrap this up. Thank you so much for being on here. It's, we'll make sure to link all of your information in the description of the episode. Uh, had a great time talking about so much, so yeah. much. Me too. Um, other than that, make sure to follow The Nord Show on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Again, Legend, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I will have to hit you up when the Game of Thrones prequels come out to see if it drags us back in. Okay, yeah. I'll, ch- I'll probably <laughs> check them out, but uh, I think I'll go in with like, I'll just put a toe in the water and don't get too invested in it. There you, you know? go. There you go. That's good advice for everybody, including yeah. the listeners. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you everybody for listening and uh, have a great day.